0: And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton-Garino. Hello, everybody, and happy Sunday. I'm so thankful that you're with us here on the Best Ever You Show. We have uh, an unscheduled stop here on this beautiful Sunday at 2 o'clock Eastern Time, but we're really thrilled to welcome Joseph Alvaro. I hope I said that right. (laughs) We were practicing before we went live. Hello, hello. Joseph, how are you today?
1: I'm good. Elizabeth, yourself?
0: Fine, thank you. I'm I'm better that you're better now that you're here because this is really exciting and um, so well thought. This is this is something that we love here on Best Ever You. When somebody turns pain into purpose and all those good things, compassion and positive energy, and so we're here to talk about the lucky ones. And you're the author of the book. I'm one of the lucky ones. And, um, boy, this is, a, this is a different kind of online social and video streaming platform. Do you want to tell us about it? Because I've never seen anything like this before.
1: I know. We're totally unique. What we've done is uh, my partner and I, the co-creator, Matt zoller Sites, he and I um, both lost our, our wives about two and a half, three years apart. Three and a half years apart, I believe. And um, he had known my wife. He's a television film critic for RogerEbert.com and for Vulture Magazine and New and the New York Magazine. Wow. He's their editor-in-chief for entertainment. <clears throat> and he and I were out. You know, we had gotten together, and we were out uh, one snowy January day. And we were talking, and he was saying, you know, how do you deal with this? You know, and, you know, don't you... You know how do you how do you go about this? Because I'd lost my wife and my daughter within a year, and oh. um, I said, "Well, you know, Matt, I- I'm lucky. I had 27 years with my wife, and I I have no regrets." And he said, "Wow, that's so weird." Because I was in a bereavement group, and I was talking to this older gentleman, and I said, that, "You know, I said to him, 'You know, don't you wish you were never married so you'd have to deal with this?'" And this fellow had turned to him and said, "No, Matt, we're one of the lucky ones." And so when I said that to him, he said. My God, I can't believe you said that. You're one of the lucky ones. And I said, Well, you know, this is this is how I feel. This is how I, I choose to celebrate my my 27 years with her. I don't regret it. I don't mourn, and you know, and say, Oh, you know, oh, woe is me. I was lucky. And he said, Well, I've always wanted to do a show about spouses and and people that have you know, lost someone that they were lucky to have known. So we'll call it the lucky ones. And so off we went. We started making these uh, videos. And, and here you are. Here we are. We, we've we created nine feature-length, which we call feature-length videos. They're, they're sit-downs where we go to someone's home or their place of work, whatever, and we sit down and we interview them, and we cut it into a six-minute uh, interview. And then we mm-hmm. start doing um, – For social media, we start doing TLO Street Stories, which are 60-second little videos. And we incorporate pictures in all these videos, pictures, songs, whatever we can, whatever the people give us, we incorporate in videos sometimes. And they're little celebrations of the continuing bonds we have with these folks. And the the short 60-second ones go on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and then eventually live on LuckyOnesTV.com, which is our streaming platform, where people can watch a variety from, you know, mentors, friends, relatives, spouses, and it runs the gamut um, from, from Chris Reeves' private nurse to, you know, someone's husband or someone's cousin or, or a principal at a school who the assistant principal spoke about. The principal passed away, and he talked about this man as his mentor. So we have a – it's a wide range of people, and we like that because it's our common humanity. Everyone has a story to tell, and everyone has someone that they were lucky to have had in their lives that, that, that helped form who they are. And that's our, that's our whole thesis is to find people and speak to them and have them celebrate these, these bonds they have with people. Because when someone dies, they you know, okay, they're gone, but they're really not gone. They're still with us if whatever experiences we had with them, it's a part of us. It's who we are. And we believe that one of the best things people can do is to celebrate these relationships and not, and not be um, afraid that you might um, make people uncomfortable about talking to someone that's passed away. And I guess that in our society, you know, we have this kind of stigma where, when someone dies, we really don't want to talk about them because we're afraid it'll upset other people or what have you. And I think we need to go beyond that and say, hey, listen, you know, we should celebrate this relationship. It's a wonderful thing. We were blessed to have had it. So that's that's pretty much what we do. Uh, we just shot another eight videos yesterday at a street fair in Ramsey, New Jersey. You know, it was a festival for children and games and 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 rides and things like that. And we went there and we talked to parents and we had a couple of couple of younger I would say teenagers talk to us. You know, we got their consent from their parents and they told us about friends of theirs. So, it's it's really kind of rewarding. I find it fascinating to talk to people. You know, some people are reluctant, but the overall, I mean, if people, if people, when people understand what we're doing, they're like, "Yeah, I'm on board." I have someone I want to talk about, you know, and it runs the yeah. gamut. It. It's fun. And
0: so, it's not just about a spouse.
1: No, it, it, it could be about okay. anybody. We've had Girl Scout leaders talked about, you know, um, you know, Chris Reeves' private nurse spoke about uh, taking care of Chris for years while he was uh, until he passed away. While he was, you know obviously the man was uh, crippled by that accident. So his private nurse got to be, got to know him really well. Um, yeah. So yeah, it could be anybody. It could be anybody that, that has touched you.
0: Now it, it seems like you guys have, come. Uh, you and Matt have combined your backgrounds to do this. You've got quite a, a background in uh, producing and directing TV commercials.
1: Right.
0: Uh, at, yeah. And he's, He's got background. Is most of his background writing and things like that, or is he also? Yeah, he's a
1: film and television critic. He's a film and television critic, and he also um, has written a couple of uh, screenplays, one of which was produced. So, and he's he's a a prolific writer. He wrote um, he wrote a book about um, um, Wes Anderson. He wrote a book about. uh, Oliver Stone. You know, he goes in and he interviews these folks and he sits down for hours and hours and interviews them. He he's he's very good at what he does. You know, he's yeah. very good at what he does. And the, yeah, the two of us kinda combined forces and, and and started doing this. And then we brought our third partner in, um, Paul Rosen, who is who does all of our post production. Paul does all the editing. His team does all of our editing. Because it's quite a lot of editing. I mean you shoot this much stuff and so we've yeah. got a series of editors that work with us and, and, and craft these little 60-second pieces. Instagram allows you to put up a 60-second video. So all these little street stories, TLO street stories, are under 60 seconds. So they can be viewed on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.
0: What's your favorite social media platform? Is it Instagram?
1: Oh, or? I, don't think, I don't think I really have one. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a. I, not a no, big I'm, social you know,
0: media
1: person. Sure. Yeah, I'm not a big social media person. We have someone that does it for us. You know, we have a young man that does all the posting and writes a lot of the copy. Of course, I edit the copy, but then he, you know, he he posts all the stuff. Um, I I don't know. I mean, uh, I I think um, for our purposes they're wonderful because it's a wonderful way for people to share the information and to spread the word of what The Lucky Ones is about and what we're doing. Personally, I don't use it. Um, I think it's dangerous. (laughs) 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 Well, you see people get in in trouble because they say stupid things without thinking, and then, you know, there it is for everyone in the world to see, and so I'm like, you know what, I'm a very opinionated person. I have very strong opinions about things, and it's like, yeah, Hmm. not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't ever
0: do that on. I don't ever really express too many opinions on social media. Mine's pretty tame, like that. But I hear you. Yeah, you can definitely <laughs> uh, get in trouble on the formats for sure. But you know, yeah. for your brand and so forth, it's brilliant. Especially, I love. I love your use of Instagram. Um, Thank that's, you. That's yeah, that's brilliant. It, brilliant use of Instagram. I I never can quite get. I love Twitter. I can't get my arms around Instagram just yet. I I'm an old TV anchor. And so to oh, me, okay. when I'm, yeah, to me, I'm, I emphasize old TV anchor, <laughs> but, you know, you're used to lighting and real, you know, professional cameras and all these things. So to me, like when you're taping something and it's going to be video, it needs to be high quality. And so that type of stuff terrifies me. Bad video terrifies me. <laughs> like, you know how you're afraid to put your opinion out there on something? Yeah. Bad video terrifies me. So um, it's pretty hilarious. So picky with video, but
1: yeah, I like, I do like Facebook Facebook because I, my personal account for Facebook, I use, and Mm -hmm. I use it to, to see what my high school and grade school friends are doing. and My friends across the country. And that's, that's a, it's, for that, it's a wonderful platform because I can see what everyone's doing and, you know, oh, look, you know, there's the new baby and what have you, <laughs> and so-and-so graduated from college, you know, and that's nice because these are these are people I've grown up since the first grade with,
0: you yeah, know, I and I've known all so through grade
1: cool. school and high school, so in that respect, I really appreciate Facebook on a personal level. As far as yeah. Twitter and Instagram, I really have nothing to say to people that, that you know, I mean, well, like James Gandolfini told my wife one day, he said, "You know, she had she had um, she had launched The Sopranos. She worked for HBO. She was a publicist, and she and that's how she met Matt. Was he was a critic, and she was the publicist for Sopranos, and that's how they met. And then they became friends. And then I met Matt's Matt's wife Jennifer, and the four of us became friends. So that's how that whole relationship started with Matt. Um, but I find that you know, it's just." Like James said, you know, he, they, he, people were begging her to get James on whatever television show, you know, Leno and Letterman, and they would ask him political questions. And he said, listen, you know, no one cares what I think. I'm an actor. He goes, and my personal opinions, are nobody else's business. And I'm not going to put out there what I think because it's just not relevant to what I do in life and who I am in the public, yeah. in my public persona. So I kind of, I kind of think like, you know, I kind of think like James. You know, I have the, the lucky ones, and 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 yeah. that's what my emphasis is. I really don't want, you know, I don't want to. People don't care what I think. No, you
0: it, know what I could mean? an ag- Yeah, and you know, that's the one thing I always try and tell people about Best Ever You. Also, is like this is like a a, a safe, brave space, trusted, and so forth. Like. It, it, I always, I, like I had Ed Asner on, I'm like, no, I'm not going to ask you about anything. I just want to know, you know, it's fun to talk to you and so amazing. Let's talk about autism and how we can help and stuff like that. So I love right. having people like that on, but not to pick them apart and, you know, torture them for an hour. You know, it, it's more like, this is really cool to talk to you. And, and it's really fun, like if they have a promote or something like that so like you know like you we don't have to opinion anything it's just cool to have you on here and and help you promote what you're doing because this is so important i can i can i'll tie it back in just to my own life if you don't mind for a moment um i just lost my dad on october 19th and um my husband um has lost both of his parents and um so you know this is this is important because i've I don't know about you, but I just, I believe you sort of keep the person um, in your memories by sharing and talking about them. It's a great way to, to keep somebody with you.
1: Well, I agree. And that's why we do this. You know, I, yeah. I think that, you know, we lost, I lost five people, immediate family members in a, within 14 months in in 2009, 2010. It was just like, Oh my wow. God, who else is going to die? And, People saying, "You know how do you do this? And I'm like, Well, you know, I mourn them, I miss them, but i i we're none of us are going to be here forever, and it's tragic when one of us leaves unexpectedly or in an untimely way,
0: yeah
1: but i still I still treasure the their memory and what they gave me, and that's what we and that's yeah. what we want to get people." to that point, to like, yes, you can celebrate this person. Yes, you can talk about him. So, you know, people can follow us at Lucky Ones TV on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and then they can also go see any of the videos. You know, once they go through our social media, once they've gone through there, they're all posted on com where they live and they're categorized by you know, you can see relatives, you can see spouses, you can see mentors, you can see friends. Yeah. And we break it down that way. And then people can also add their own stories. People can write a story and submit it with pictures or they can upload their own video. You know, their own like sixty second, ninety second video telling us about someone that, that they um that they felt lucky to have had in their life.
0: Well that's a so question we, that just do, got asked to oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't, didn't you. Okay. I thought you were pausing.
1: You sure. No, go ahead. I do not yeah, yeah. interrupt go you ahead.
0: ever. No, no, no. I just can't see you, so the format does that. I could just ramble on
1: forever, so.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, definitely didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, somebody just asked me. They tweeted me and asked me how they can participate. Um, for example, if they wanted to, to, have you guys come and tape them or whatever, does it cost money? Was the question and No, how? it
1: doesn't cost. No, no, it doesn't cost any money. Um, we, we, we. They could contact contact us at info at luckyones.tv.com, and send us their information and and someone will reply to them and, and see where they live and just get a little background from, from them because we Perfect. welcome people you know to to yeah. contribute and if people want to you know and the thing is it's interesting you know we go out to video we go out to tape these sh- and you know videotape now it's not videotape it's all digital and the cameras are they're prof- you know they're what they're shooting movies on they're it's beautiful footage we get. But we find that, um, you know, people thought, oh, you know, kids won't want to do this. Younger people want to do this. And I'm talking about people under 30. And we find that's just not true. So many people that are under 30 want to talk about their cousins or their friends that they've lost or their grandfather or their grandmother or someone that raised them. You know, and it's just – it's interesting yeah. because they, they they're just right out there. Now, older folks, we've had – Quite a few, you know, when I say older, I mean people my age in their 50s, 60s. Um, Some are a little hesitant, and then others are like, sure, sign me up. I want to talk about so-and-so. So So it's, you know, and it's men and women. It's men and women. So, you know, we always thought that women would be more attuned to this, and it's like, no, no you'd be amazed at the young men that want to talk about their grandfathers or their dad or their grandmother, someone that raised them. And a lot of times, you know, it will be a young man who, uh, who doesn't have parents but was raised by a grandfather or a grandmother, which is very mm-hmm. interesting. You know, and they talk about yeah. that person, you know, that they were lucky because they, they obviously realized that I was lucky that someone was there to raise me because my parents weren't. You know, and those are wonderful stories. Those are just yeah, but, sure. That? Do,
0: you have, do you have like a most interesting story that that's happened to you since you started this all? Um,
1: I guess the one the, the one that touched me the most, and I guess it was because I can relate to it. <clears throat> we were in uh, we were shooting in White Plains in downtown area, and I approached this couple of young women. And I asked, and I told them what we were doing and whatever, and one of them said, you know, you should do this, you know, Charlene, you should do this, you, you should do this. And she's like, uh, I don't know, and I, and, she said, and she said, no, no, you should do this. You should talk about Seth, your husband. And I looked at her and said, well, you know, I lost my wife and my daughter. And she me and she said, you did? And I said, yeah, within like 10 months of each other. And she goes, oh. She looked at me and said, I can do this. I can do this. Wow. And then she told this wonderful story about her husband and how, and how he helped her just grow as a person. And, and he died very young. I mean, we're talking, you know, this woman's in her 30s, early 30s, so he died young. Um, and afterwards I said, can I give you a hug? And she said, yes. And, I, you know, I gave her a big hug and I was like, you know, this is why we do this. This is why we do this, because this woman had something to say that she couldn't say to other people. And she said it to us and it's it's beautiful. That was the most touching for me, personally. Um, but so many Is there a funny ones one? People. Yeah, you know, this
0: I don't know Yeah, there's, there's, there's a few. I mean, humor.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a couple that are just kind of go, Okay, where are we going with this interview? Um <laughs> and they're 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 quite you know, they're quite sincere but not everyone is um well everyone's you know every some people are a little quirky and- eccentric, so you get this little you know you get some odd little interviews they're interesting to watch, but they're a little you know you can they're a little odd, but it's okay it's all part of who we are as people i mean everyone's different, and none of them are none of them are offensive in any way they're kind of charming you know even if they're a little odd, they're kind of charming because that's who that person is
0: so it's authentic
1: it's authentic. Yeah, it's really it's it's right there in the moment. Which is what What are you know, what
0: are your goals for this? Where do you, what do you want what do you want to see happen with this? All?
1: Well, we'd like, you know, we'd like to have the streaming platform, which is luckyonestv.com. We'd like to have that um, become a place where people all over the world can submit their own videos, watch videos, um, nothing is morbid about any of these. You know, people say, "Oh, oh, it must be a downer." You're talking about dead people. It's like, yeah, no, it's not. And that's what we're trying to trying to trying to redirect people their thinking is. It's not morbid. It's not depressing. People don't cry. People are celebrating someone that they love. And that's really how we have. That's how we always approach it. It's not about death. It's not about – death does not define us. That's, that's like, you know, you die and it's like an instant. You're gone. And within a second, you're gone. You're Here, you're gone. Boom. That doesn't define who we are, our death. What defines who we are is how we lived and what we gave other people and, how, and, 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 and the love we shared with other people. That's what defines us. And that's why we try that's – that's our whole mission is to get people to wrap their heads around that. You know, our culture in the United States is a very—you know—we're kind of very mum about those things, where other cultures yeah. are very open about them. We're very kind of like, oh, we don't talk about that. Oh, you know, people might get upset. No, let's talk about it. Let's let's celebrate this person. So,
0: can you tell? Um,
1: I don't know the so, word so to this get back, to, right. Yeah, well, to go get ahead. back to where we want to go with this, we would like to have this so that. Not only do people do this, but eventually, I think um, a larger content provider is going to want to scoop us up and say, "Hey, listen, why don't you, you know syndicate your stuff here?" Whether it's a Netflix or Hulu or whomever it could be, you know, it could be Apple, it could be Amazon. But eventually, someone will come along and say, "Hey, this is great programming, and your advertisers really like this, and it's safe and it's wonderful and it's life affirming. Can you, you know?" Let's work out a deal. Now, Roma Downey from Lightworkers Media has approached us about doing this, and she started doing um, – they started taking some of our videos and putting them on their social media channels, just as a courtesy mm-hmm. to us to help us out. That's um, what I'd um, like so to can, do too. Yeah, which is wonderful. She puts them on, uh, on our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, so that people can learn about us. I had approached Roma hmm, – Three years great ago, person. we were just kind of start working, you know, it took, it's taken us a long time. I mean, we've just been very methodically, step by step, getting it, you know, in place. We just launched our platform in June. So it just went live in June. So, you know, we spent a lot of time creating content, building the platform, mm-hmm. you know, doing all the stuff that we needed to do. Um, and then she came along and she said, wow, this is great stuff. I want to help you guys. So we're like, yeah, Mother. sure, thank you. We love you.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, and she's yeah, a wonderful I've person, loved... and she's she's in tune with what we're doing.
0: Yep, yep, that's a great person to have have by your side. Do you um, let's see, do you have goals of movies or or anything like that?
1: Well, we did a we did a uh, we did a half hour piece. Originally, we did this for television, Oh so uh, we did okay, a half yeah. hour piece. We cut all the features of the nine pieces we put together I want to say four of them into a half hour film. Um, a pilot. And uh, we submitted that pilot to f we've submitted it to a couple of film festivals. We won one. We haven't heard back from the other one whether they accepted it or not. it's in, in October, so we'll find out soon, I'm assuming. Um and yeah, so we so we went to we did the pilot and we sent it to all the different you know, all the people you'd think Oprah and Own and T L C and all the different and they you know, HBO and they all came back saying, Oh, this is wonderful, we love it, the compliments were wonderful and they thought what we are doing is great but they didn't know what to do with it. Because it's about dead people so like yeah. uh, what do we do <laughs> you know
0: they yeah, didn't know how to know.
1: they loved the content they thought it was inspiring and uplifting but they just they just didn't know like okay Top no topic. well it's not even the topic so much i think it's that <clears throat> until someone's done it no one else does it you know remember when you're, you remember when pbs used to have like a cooking show a cooking show and they had this old house Now we have whole channels devoted to this old house kind of trope programming where you're fixing up old houses and you have whole channels devoted to cooking. But it took someone to start it and someone goes, Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, we could do lots of that concept. Yeah, so I think, you know, until someone's, you know, it's like anything. You know, no one does, Mm -hmm. they all copy each other. No one wants to be the first because they don't know if it'll work. So I think eventually we'll find a home, and I'm not I'm not worried about that.
0: Did this start with the book? I'm one of the lucky ones.
1: No, one of my partners who was a COO of Epic's Pictures, he had he had started Epic's Pictures uh, with a couple other guys years ago, and he's one of our partners. And he turned to me and said, "You know, this was a few years ago. Said, you need to write a book." I'm like, "Why do I need to write a book?" Well you need to write a book because it'll help with promotion, number one. And you've got a great story to tell. Tell your story and then, you know, when you when when we start doing publicity, not only do we have video clips, we've got a book and that helps that helps people package whether whether it's a radio show or a television show or, or print, you know, it helps them just package it more. Look, video, book, people talking to you. So, so I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just followed his advice. So I, I started writing the book and, uh, it took me about six months, I guess, from beginning to end. And then my son edited it and self-published. So, and it's a fun book. I like the book. I mean, I I personally, I like the book. I read it because, you know, sometimes you read something. Oh God, did I write that? (laughs) This is really nice. This is actually nice. It's a nice story you know so
0: was one and of I want people with my
1: to buy, own book <laughs> I yeah, well, I, want
0: people
1: to, I want people to realize that that they're lucky too you know and if they read the book and I have I've had widows and friends of mine who've read the book who've lost brothers and you know different different people in their lives and I'm like wow this is really nice i like yeah. the way you explain things and how you how you go about looking at life and i guess it's the way you look at life I mean, I could either drown myself in a bottle of wine every night, or I can choose to celebrate the time I had with my wife. Mm. Yeah. It's really that simple.
0: Can you tell? Can you tell me a story about her?
1: Oh, good. I'd God. love to hear more. Uh, oh, okay. Tell me more, oh,
0: please.
1: There's so many stories. Um, well. My wife was a very interesting person. Um she was from she grew up in the West Indies till she was 10 in in Grenada. And then her her mother and father moved the whole family here obviously to get an education. They wanted a better life for their children. And um she um she was a very interesting person. She was um she um, she wasn't your typical quote-unquote black person. You know, um, because she didn't come from this culture. She wasn't raised in this country. She came here and she was 10. So she had a t- very different outlook on how th- on how she fit into society. Um, so I'll tell you how I met her, which is very funny. I was going to visit a friend of mine on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. I lived up there also. And Pam had Pam been a friend of mine for years. And I get in this elevator, and there, you know, there's these are the old pre-war buildings in Manhattan that have these huge seven-room apartments. They're, you know, and I get in the elevator, and this beautiful woman gets in. She's wearing a chorus Line silk jacket. She's tall and statuesque, um, you know. And I've been—I grew up in theater, and then I went to NYU. And so all my friends on undergrad were all theater majors, and so they're all on Broadway and they're doing off-Broadway shows. And so I look at her and I say, "Oh, are you in? You know, are you in a chorus line? Are you a dancer in a chorus line?" And she looks at me and says, "I am not a Broadway gypsy." I'm like, "Oh, okay. That just like did not go over well." <laughs> Open mouth, short foot, right? Yeah, I'm thinking, oh boy, all right, so the elevator ride, we go up, so we go up, and we both get off on the same floor, and there's only two doors to go to in these old uh, buildings, in these old pre-war massive apartment buildings, (laughs) and there's apartment A and apartment B, and we both go to apartment B, I knock on the door, and we go in there, and Pam, my friend, introduces us, you know, Joseph, this is is Francesca, this is Joseph, and her roommate. Uh, Christine was moving out, and her boyfriend Johnny, who was on Broadway, he was in Amadeus. He was Amadeus on Broadway. And he's helping Christine pack up because Frances was coming there to give Pam her check, a check, because she was moving into Christine's bedroom because Christine was moving in with John. They were getting married. So we're sitting there talking, and I could tell that she wasn't from here. You know, and I'm like, I'm listening to her, listening to her talk, and finally I looked at her and said, so what island are you from? And she said, I'm from Grenada. I said, oh, I know where that is. You have a communist prime minister, Maurice Bishop. And she looked at me and says, how do you know that? Like, well, I read a lot. And that's how we just kind of connected was we started talking, and the fact that I knew where Grenada was and and what was going on with her country as far as uh, the prime minister and what have you? Um, yeah, and then I I met her a second time. I went over to visit with my roommate, and she was cooking dinner for a friend of hers. From they uh, they had graduated. Her friend had grad. She and her friend had graduated from Bennington College, and Louise was there, and she's making dinner for she and Louise, and she invited Harry and I to stay for dinner. So we were like, sure, we'll stay for dinner. So Harry I went it. out, and got a wine, got a bottle of wine. We had dinner, and Louise and Harry left, and I never left. I literally never left. <laughs> I, I ended up being with the woman the rest of my life <laughs> oh, from that so night lovely. on. It was Aww. just like one of those things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was uh, just fortunate. I don't know. I just bumped into this woman, very, yeah. you know, just out of sheer luck. I mean, who knows? You know, I was like, how old was I? I was 26, you know, and. 26, you have lots of friends and girlfriends, and, you know, you're. You know, I wasn't thinking about getting married. It was the last thing on my yeah. mind. I was having fun being a boy in Manhattan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a great story. Thank you for that. Um, well, you're welcome. That, well, it, it, it show, it, it's just part of why you do this, too. You can just hear the love in your voice. Do you, um, Do you have any advice for people who have lost someone and what to say to them. I noticed that one of the most common things said, like when my dad died, people would come up and sometimes not say, I'm sorry that your dad just passed away. But they'd say, I'm sorry. Oh, yes. And my grandma just passed away, too. Or something. It's, it's a strange. They're trying to connect. Well, but it
1: comes well, out kind of odd,
0: maybe. I don't yeah, know.
1: because people just people? don't know how to talk about this. They just feel nope. really awkward. And they don't know how you're going to receive it. I think is the is the biggest part. They don't know how you're going to receive, you know, the condolences you give them. You know, and, and and oftentimes, you know, you're also afraid. Like it sounds so trite to say I'm sorry, you know, or your thought, you know, you're in my thoughts and prayers. No matter how sincere it is, it sounds kind of trite, even though it's not. So I think yep. people are. It's hard for people. It's hard for them to to feel comfortable in that in that in that moment um and i guess they want to say like i identify with you and they say you know i lost my parent you know a couple months ago or i lost my so-and-so a couple months ago i'm sorry you lost your your mom or your dad i think it's because they they want to say to you i understand what you're going through yeah And i think that's what they what they're really trying to do you know they yeah i think that's, yeah, that's
0: there's no, like, defined way to approach someone, is there? It's just all over the place.
1: All over the place. It's
0: all over the place and, and so uncomfortable. And and it,
1: and sometimes, you know, if people say, you know, well, I just lost, you know, I'll say, I'm sorry. You know, that's all I can say is I'm sorry. And, you know, good, but I hope good that term. you have good memories of them. I hope that they left you with something that, that you can cherish, you know. Um, yeah. <clears throat> because, you know, yeah, I mean. And dying is for you know. Dying is hard on on the living, not the dead. You know what Good I mean? Every you know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> it's point. really hard on the living. And dead or dead, we're dead. You know, yeah. no big deal. So yeah. I I yeah, and that's why we want to do this is to help people just be more comfortable with sharing and 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 being able to talk about people. You know, and all. have a okay.
0: I'm
1: sorry. Nope, go do ahead. Do I have a time? Your, tu- your turn. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, um, well, I know, it doesn't matter what I was going to say, because I, I, uh, I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: do that. That's what I just did. Generally, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, well, you <laughs> get to be
1: old and you start forgetting. <laughs> I
0: think I
1: remember At least what I you know say. where my shoes are in the morning. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I hear you. Yeah, 50. It's coming around the corner fast. Um, yeah. The... Uh, do you have a time frame that you hope people wait before they upload videos onto your site or anything like that from the time someone's passed to the time someone's no. interacting with you
1: or no I boundaries think that's, like I think that? That's, I think that's really up to the individual. Everyone kind of knows when they're when they're ready to talk about someone. Um, you know, cuz we'll approach people and say, "No, I lost someone, but I can't talk about it. Uh it's just too soon." And it may be too soon for them. It's just too raw in their emotions. Um, I think, um, depending on the person, but I think, you know, sometimes it takes six months to a year before someone can really grapple with talking about someone and not breaking down and getting all, you know, mushy. Because it's hard, especially if someone's really
0: close. Yeah, I followed it at the end of one of my shows the other day. We got on talking about my dad. I will not do that here today. I I listen to it back and I'm like I escalated. I'm like, should I edit that out or what? And she's like, No, nope, leave it. It triggered it, so just leave it. But yeah, you know, you just it never you never know what triggers it or how long after someone passes are you gonna break out into full on bawling. It's it's just this yeah, I don't know, I don't have the word for it yet.
1: Well, I think time, like you know, like they say, time heals all and I think that does mm-hmm. it kind of um Yeah you know it the the more time that passes, it becomes easier. Um, when you lose someone, especially unexpectedly, it's really raw. It's really yeah. raw. You know, it's my my wife. We knew I knew she was going to die for three years. You know, I knew that was coming. The the the, I guess. Um, her death didn't impact me as much as finding out that she was going to die. The day I found out she was going to die was really just. Crushing to me, it was because I knew that what yeah. was going to happen and i and i and I thought about all the things that wouldn't happen that we wouldn't get to share together um, that was that was hard and then you know then then I, then the other next three years were you know okay let's let's you know let's make the most of this. I remember one day we were few months before she passed away, the, the family we were watching TV, the whole family's in the living room she's you know, sitting next to me like she always was and uh, I just looked over to her and I was just looking at her and like she could feel me looking at her like, what? what are you looking at? And I said, you, you I was just looking at you, you're beautiful I was just looking at you, and she's like oh, and she had no idea, but what I was looking I was just taking her in because I knew that she wasn't going to be here a whole lot longer and I was just looking at her going, wow. You know, I was just appreciating her beauty and who she was. And I, when I say her beauty, I don't mean her physical beauty. I do mean that, but I mean her, just her spirit and what a beautiful spirit she was. Hmm. So that how for me, you know, how are my kids? Um, yeah. Well, that was an interesting thing because my daughter died nine months later. And they lost two uncles in between my wife and my daughter. One was killed in a skydiving accident, and the other went in the hospital on a Monday and was dead by by Friday of cancer so it was um mm. they had a rough year, and then my father was hit by a truck you know in January the following year, and just after we'd come back from Christmas, you know it was just i don't know my what? my son for a long time was very wouldn't talk about my daughter
0: uh his
1: his older sister, who was only a year older wouldn't talk about her, didn't want to talk about her. Um See that? I think he's got yeah, I think he's gotten better. I think he's you know, he's more you know. Um they all went to counseling. both both of them went to counseling after the after all that. And you know, my oldest daughter was in counseling. She just hated it, wouldn't go and complained and then the night of one of the uncle's funerals she took her own life. So I think everyone deals mm-hmm. with yeah, and she was only 17, so it, I think it was hard for her. You know, 17-year-olds, they don't think that tomorrow will be a better day, that life is not always going to be mm-hmm. like it is today. You know, they just don't have the the experience, and their frontal lobes aren't developed either, so they do very irrational things, you know. Um, Definitely. I think she just had a hard time coping with all that death in such a short amount of time. I um, think anybody would, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, she, she the most... Um, but the other two seem to be doing much better. I, my little one is, uh, she's Riley. A senior in college. Yeah, she's um, she's very much like her mother. She's just she's like unbreakable.
0: It's oh, just the, is that? the
1: girl has Aww. a spine of steel. I mean, it's just you know, hmm. yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing just how what resilient does she, do? she is. She what does she What is she doing she, now?
0: Yeah, she, well, she's a senior in college. What is she studying? I'm really interested Pre-med. in that.
1: She wants huh. to be a pediatric psychiatrist. Oh, neat is that.
0: And, ben, and Bennett is your son?
1: Yes, and he is uh, in culinary school. He went to Princeton, got a job with it. Anheuser-Busch. They <laughs> scooped him up right in college. I mean, he hadn't even graduated, and they said, come work for us. So he worked in marketing for a couple of years, and he saved up a bunch of money, and then he got his inheritance from his grandmother, from his trust fund, and he's like, I'm going to go to culinary school. This is what I want to do. And he quit a job that paid him, you know, a lot Whatever. of money. For, I mean, <laughs> a lot of money. I'm like, oh, my God, they pay you that much? And your car? And your, I mean, really? Where do I sign up, you know? Um, I mean, yeah, it was just ridiculous how much money they were paying him. And he's like, no, I saved up money, and I got grandma's inheritance, and I figured it out I'm good for two years if I don't work and I'm going to go to culinary school, because if I don't do it now, I'll never do it. And so, so he, and he, he graduates in October. And he, and How nice is that? He did a little what trial. What kind of, lesson. um... Oh, sorry, do you get a tr-
0: he's got a job already, really, there, too? Yeah. He must be
1: brilliant well, they, in so they, many ways. they send all the kids out to work in, you know, they, on a trial, they say you work in a restaurant, and you get to pick kind of which restaurant you want to work in, and he chose this Italian restaurant that he liked, and... They offered, by the end of the night, they offered him a job. He so said, when you graduate, you can work here. You got a job. He's like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so That's I so don't cool. know. And it's not that he wants to be a chef. He wants to learn the business, and then eventually he wants to be a consultant for uh, restaurant uh, food groups, uh, restaurant groups. You know, is, is there them,
0: uh, a reason why? Like is there a I mean, why behind that for food or anything? Like like I have really bad food allergies, like allergies to nuts and and peanuts and fish and shellfish, so I've got a why oh. there with food. Do you does he have anything like that? Is there a compelling drive you know, he, to change the world
1: food wise? Well, no, 'cause no, he just really likes to he really enjoys cooking. Yep. He That's really good enjoys night, it. Right? <laughs> yeah. And he said, Listen, I'm gonna take this in my experience and I wanna and he's got a friend who wants to partner with him. And they've already you know, they've plotted this out. You know, his partner's doing his his friend is doing his job, and Bennett's doing his. And eventually, they want to leave their positions, and Bennett would do the the cook. You know, the the front end of um, you know, and the and the the service, and the and and the how do you say it? The food prep and presentations Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And his friend would do the business side. Like this is what you need to do. Your restaurant needs to do X, Y, and Z business wise. You know, and the two of them want to partner and be a consultancy. I'm like, okay, yep, sounds more brilliant. I mean, yep. whatever. You know, I mean, <laughs> he'll find he'll find his way, and he's the kind of kid that you know, when he puts his. I mean, he picked his high school when he was eight, and he picked his college when he was twelve, and he went yeah. to both. I mean, it's like, all right, because he'd say to me, "Oh, I'm going to Don Bosco." I'm like, okay, and mom, like, sure, Bennett. Sure enough, that's where he went to high school, it was Don Bosco. And then he says, I'm going to Princeton College at, at 11 years old. And we're like, okay. And that's that's the only school he applied to was Princeton. So he's like yeah. that. He's kind of like he sees what he wants to do and he just does it. I love like it. Like a laser. Yeah. And the other one wants to help children that have gone through the kinds of things she's gone through. She, you know, She wants to be a pediatric psychiatrist. So she's, you know, doing her organic chemistry, too, and her physics and, you know, working her little butt off.
0: Yep. Riley, if you're listening, we have a lot of organic chemistry, too, going on in our household. <laughs> if you yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Two, three you boys pre-med going students. through. I have, yeah, well, I have a meteorologist who just graduated. Um, I've got um uh, environmental science, maybe pre-med junior, and then I've got an engineer. But a bio bio biology engineer type at RIT. Uh-huh. So lots of chemistry, lots of biology, lots of organic chemistry, calculus well, all those fun yeah, things that
1: all that dumb stuff interest me at all. Yeah. Writing is my well, thing. Well here's the thing, <laughs> my cool. my son went to college thinking he was gonna be a doctor. He wanted to be a thoracic heart surgeon. Yeah. And then he got second year into into his sophomore year and he came home and said, I'm not working for the government. Like what are you talking about? They're going to privatize all of our medicine in this country. I'm not going to work this long, this many years, till I'm 37 years old before I can actually earn some money, and then I got to work for the government. I'm not doing it. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that was he just said, look, that's where it's going, Dad. It's all going to be single payer, and I am not going to work for the U.S. government. Yeah, our
0: our little one since. It's interesting too because our guys have all said that to, you could see what they were going to do when they were like two and three almost. You know mm-hmm. that one would look up at the sky all the time at the stars or the weather. The other one had a yeah. baseball in his left hand since birth, swear. And the other one has always said since he was tiny that he wants to see the Great Wall of China from space. I'm like, okay, that's oh, a tall order. Boy. And so he oh, wants. Oh, really. <laughs> oh no, but I, yeah, he wants to do all the biology. Uh, behind putting, you know, colonizing
1: planets, uh-huh. and dogs.
0: and like, uh-huh. oh yeah,
1: yep. And so, you know yep. what? He's he's and he'll be doing that. Yep. Twenty years from now, we will be doing that. Yeah. And he'll be in the yep. thick of it.
0: Yep. Oh, I that's hear you. Right.
1: So, yeah.
0: yeah. So it's cool to our kids. I, I it's, this is just kind of a fun conversation, a little bit all over the place with that. But I I appreciate you taking the time to talk about your kids because they're a huge part of this. In a variety of ways and levels and so forth. So I, I appreciate you, you opening up and talking. Hello, Riley. Hello, Bennett. Um yeah. fun to talk about the kids?
1: Well, well, people, you know, people often ask me. They ask me like, "What's what's your favorite? What's your favorite job you've ever had?" I said, "Raising children." They're like, "Look at me, like what?" I said, "Yeah, being a husband <laughs> and father. It's a it's my it was my favorite job. I miss it. I loved every uh-huh. moment of it." I loved being a dad and raising children and being a husband. It was just so much fun. You know, yeah. and I, I, now there's no, I kind of miss that. I can, you know, so I'm looking forward to having grandchildren.
0: You'll be busy. Wait I till the grandkids run around.
1: Yeah, so I can have little goobers run around. Yeah.
0: A little breather, yeah. and then it'll all little, come
1: back. Yeah, and I can um, send them home, and I'm tired of them. Go home now. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Go Thank back to you your mom and dad. Right. bye yeah, yeah. Um, Don't tell them what okay. I gave you. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. Um, okay, so somebody asked me to ask you a question about leadership. Mhm. Do you want to talk about leadership? I we I'm on a leadership sure. kick. On best ever, you. Um, I love talking about leadership. Do you Do you have anything to say to add to that conversation?
1: Um. You know, Mindful that there's ten minutes left too. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, leadership is an interesting thing. Um, I've always kind of been, um, I've, I learned to be a follower because you had to be a good follower to be a leader. You know, I learned that very early in in film production. You know, as a PA. You know, like you come out of graduate school and you think, oh, you know, I'm gonna, you know, I'm the next Fellini. And, you know, you start working as a PA, and really, you know, you're taking notes, and you're going to get stuff, and you're bringing stuff back, and you're, you know, moving stuff around. And and, um, one of the fellows I was working with, he was a production coordinator, looked at me and said, you know, to be a good leader, you have to learn how to be a good follower. And that always stuck with me. I guess I was like 21 at the time. And I was like, oh, I guess that kind of makes sense, because you really can't lead unless you know how to follow and so i kind of keep that in my mind you know so when, it, when i'm working with a crew or whatever um, i try to think of okay they're following me i have to kind of i have to put myself in their shoes you know when i speak to them i have to think about like okay how do they perceive this like yesterday we're shooting and the, one of the one of the cameramen he's a young fellow i mean he's 24 you know he's just getting his feet wet and editing and filming and stuff. And I was thinking about it today. I'm thinking, you know what? I'm what that, you know. I remember being his age and working with people my age and how intimidating that that seemed. You yeah. know, like they're so much older and they, you know, they're in charge and they could fire you at a whim. And and so I always keep that in mind and try to sort make people comfortable so that they do the best work they can do. You know, and not yeah. that I won't say, listen, you need to do that differently or don't do that again. (laughs) That doesn't work. Um, I just found that it's um, I want them to be comfortable and to give me suggestions if they think it's worthwhile because everyone has something to contribute. And it may not not work in this instance, but there is still value in it unless they're just a total idiot, but most people aren't. (laughs) So yeah, no, there's, Yeah. There's usually, you know, you think, oh, okay. And I give you an example. I was shooting, and we were shooting a French's mustard commercial. And um, and one of my friends, I I had asked the production company. I was an agency producer at the time, and I asked the uh, production company, uh, the head of the production company, if they'd hire one of my friends. She's a wardrobe costume, you know, and she did all of bunch of sopranos costumes eventually for the actors but i said to her you know i said i'd like to hire her and she said yeah fine no problem you want i'll put her on so we were shooting something and something wasn't working and the director looked at me and he said you know i don't know what to do here and i'm like i don't know and she came up and she suggested something to me now she had suggested to the producer first their their producer the production producer and he told her no no, no go away so she watched us struggle a little more, and then she finally, and you know, because his job would have been to come to the director and myself and say, hey, what about this, you know? But he like poo pooed her and blew her off. So she came to me because we go way back. He said, Joseph, what about this, this, and this? I'm like, Tony, that's a really good idea. So I turned to the director. and I said, hey, why don't we do this? You know, Tony said this and this and give it a try. And he's like, that's a great idea, Tony. The producer yelled at her. Of course, right? I don't know what he was thinking head. because Yeah, but I don't know what she was think what he was thinking because she came to me afterwards and said, you know, he did this, this and this and I'm like No He's like, Yeah no. So I went to her boss, his boss, the executive producer, and I said to the woman, I said, Listen, I don't care who gives us an idea If it's a good idea, yeah. I wanna hear it because because, you know, we were struggling there. And for him to just, like, poo-poo her and then get angry with her when she, when she approached me, a personal friend of hers, and she offered us a solution that we've been struggling to find, I said, that's just not acceptable. That's not acceptable. That makes you the coolest the boss
0: idea. in the world, though. I mean, that – see, I love that story. I hope every young person in the world right now hears that story because, um, you, you know, if you surround yourself with, like, an open – I'm not going to recap your whole story and analyze it or anything, but you know that open communication line where somebody's comfortable enough to come up to you to say, you know, I'm I might be 25 years younger or whatever it is, but I've got an idea, you know, kind of thing. And I've had some of the coolest bosses like that when I was like 20 and had all these different ideas and like nine of them sucked, but one of them worked, you know, kind of thing. And somebody was right. open enough to listen to all 10 of them, <laughs> you know, it's like nope, 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 and here's an idea, you know, kind of thing. And just that, that I I appreciate that I try and I try and lead that way too if I can. You now some well, sometimes ha- you just
1: yeah. I and mean, you know my and my wife taught me leadership skills. I mean she taught me to be more patient. She really did. You know she'd say <laughs> things. She just she just taught me to be more patient because I was you know a very brash young man and you know thought I was the greatest thing since sliced bread and you know we probably are. And she would just say, Yeah, and she'd kind of look at me like, Yeah, huh. <laughs> you know, and then I'd film shoot. You know, if I was yeah. producing something or directing it. something and something wasn't going quite the way well, I wanted, like, I'd kind of give someone a look and she'd like say, She'd just kind of look over at me and go, Smile. Smile when you say that. Just smile. Yeah. When you Talk to people. I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you're like yeah. in the middle of what you're doing, but it you, you takes time out like, Okay. And so she taught me to do that. She taught me patience and just to be more huh. um, respectful of people.
0: Yeah, I think it's so important when you're around kids because you know they've they've got all this energy and they just. I always like I'll tell my kids, you know, it's like it's not like I'm smarter than you, but sometimes I've just and there's instances where I just have
1: more mileage. I've been through yeah, it sometimes exactly. or whatever. No more. Sorry. <laughs>
0: yeah. And it's no offense or anything like that. But, you know, every once in a while, you know, one of them will be like, okay, mom, by the way, I'm redoing your whole computer, your webcam, your microphone, your everything. And you just get out of their way. It's like, okay, better for it. Thank you. You know, the, the oh, yeah, 18-year-old
1: technology perspective. Yay. Well, I go to my dog and i like, how does this work? They say, yeah. oh, jeez, you're so stupid. And I'm like, no, I'm not stupid. I, I know. don't know how it works. Yeah. Just okay. show me how it works. Just show me. I'll
0: figure it out once you show me. Before I'm my, not one stupid. Of my, before my 18-year-old left for college, he upgraded everything. That's the story. But he forgot to hook the printer back up, and the printer cord oh, isn't dear. long enough to get to the thing. And so I'm texting him at college going, show me the link to buy the printer cord. <laughs> kind of thing. Just silly little stuff. It's like, oh, um, mom. Yeah. But, you know, just stuff like that. It's hilarious what they you know, just a little helper, but anyway. Um. All right, so I love your take on leadership. Thank you for that, because that's really helpful. You're welcome. And, and I'm not always successful
1: that, at it. You know, oh, and, wow. you know, it's a work in progress.
0: Yeah, we all are, aren't we? But you think you're – I feel like a lifelong learner.
1: Well, yeah. It's well, to learn. Well, one would hope so, you know. Gosh. Especially in today's world, it moves so fast. Yeah. You know, it's not like what? when we were growing up, things kind of, you know – there was no internet. There was it just it just didn't move as fast. No, you know, now, I remember we
0: used to <laughs> exactly. I remember when she, I was it. in um, mass communication school and TV school and all that stuff. We literally had like I don't even know what it was called. It was like carbon paper or something. Like one went to the director one went to the anchor and one went under this thing that somebody stood there and fed it through, it's like the teleprompter. Right. You were feeding it, you know, and then you went to right. the, like, the foot pedal. and you know, Things have changed dramatically with everything. Oh, thank so, God. Uh, yeah, no kidding.
1: <laughs> oh, no, it makes <laughs> life so much easier.
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's it's beautiful. And, and I, I really I want to go back to the lucky ones here and sure. just kind of end up with that. And we might go – a minute or two over, if you don't mind. For anybody listening live, the show cuts off promptly when we, when we hit the three-minute mark here left. But it, the, the replay kicks into gear, so it will be on download. Um, but somebody, um, I want to go back and just talk a little bit more about social impact and the impact you think that the lucky ones will have socially on all of us. Because I think this will grow.
1: Oh, I hope so. Be
0: every, yeah, I think your vision will come true. Everything you're thinking I think will happen. You can just feel it and see it. But what's the – tell us a little bit more about the significant social impact that this is going to have on all of us.
1: Well, I think the greatest social impact, it will it'll allow people to understand that that they can talk about someone that's passed away and not feel uncomfortable doing it, that they can celebrate the continuing bonds they have with with that person in a – positive and in a safe environment and in a way that allows that shows other people that they can do the same thing. And I think that's the biggest um, the biggest takeaway that I the, the, the thing that I want to accomplish is I want people to be able to be more comfortable with someone passing away and not be stuck in mourning. I think I want people to once they get past the morning to go to the celebration of, boy, were you blessed to have had that person in your life. You were graced. You were lucky to have had that person. Value it, treasure it, and share it. And I think that's, that's really what we want to do and, and try to get our culture little bit by bit to see this. You know, um, Anderson Cooper just interviewed uh, Stephen Colbert um, and they did it mm-hmm. on Steven's set, and they were talking about tons of stuff. And then they got to talking about people that had died that they knew, and they both were talking about how lucky they were to have had these people in their lives. It's like, yes, that's it. That's that's it in a nutshell. You when you talk about, it, you talk about how lucky you were and what they gave you, what they left you with. Yeah. You know, cause it's not a good gone. reminder. Yeah.
0: Just, yeah. When not I everyone's saw that. that fortunate. No, and right. I appreciate you so much because, you know, I've been in my own little stew and brew with my dad dying and this was a different way to look at it. And it 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 clicked. This really clicked for me. So I'm gonna forever oh, thank good. you for coming across my path. I appreciate you more than you're probably gonna know. And um, yeah, I just it just it got me thinking in a different direction and um when I head back to Minnesota this Thursday, I'll share this with everybody so we all start to sort of change our direction and thinking because all of us are just like, oh, this is the worst without dad, well, you know, all those yeah, things. Yeah, but
1: it's not the worst. I mean, you know, when you think people you here like, how do you, how you deal with all this stuff? I said, you know what? No one came to my house, dragged my children out, and shot them in front of me. No one threw us into, into ovens. No one threw us into cattle cars. No one lined yeah. us up in pits and shot us in the head like they did in in Croatia, terrible. you know yeah. right. I said, none of this stuff is T- happening. Terrible. My daughters weren't raped. you know I mean, people lived through horrible things in life, Thanks. but you got to put it in perspective. Yes does yes, we don't like losing people we love, but really, it's inevitable, and what? it's not like it's not like something really tragic happened to you Do, do you know what I mean? I mean, I totally
0: you know, get what like, you're saying. Yeah, I completely, totally, and completely and, relate. And it perspective.
1: Yeah, and sometimes we get wrapped up in our own little, yep. you know, our own little world of whatever, and we oh, wallow yeah. in it. It's like, yo, get a life, wake up, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> snap out of it.
0: <laughs> well, you know, what I I get it. So not only snap out of it, but I also think that. Um, this helps other people, you know, see the light and stuff like that. So, you know, all those, all those, you know, see that positive energy. um, I think this is a a definite movement in the right direction. One more question about um, like inspiring movements and um, good to the most people, you know, and the social impact and and so forth. Um, If you could bring about the most amount of good to the most amount of people, what would that be? I like the sentence. Um, that was um, given to me by, I think it, it might have been your, um, um, this was the this PR is. person behind us. But I love that you never know what your idea can trigger. That was a good, that's a good sentence.
1: Yeah, you don't. Know, but I guess if you ask me what I could change the most, um, if the one impact has nothing to do with uh, with what I'm doing, it has to do with educating children so that they're yeah. not, um, so they can take care of themselves and be productive citizens. I think that's the biggest thing we grapple with in our country is we, we have left um, children behind in our in our urban centers and we placate them with welfare and prison and yeah. of an education and that's pretty, I'm seeing, like, I'm that's seeing
0: staggering staggering numbers of children here just in our state of Maine of children that um, maybe eat one meal a day and that might be the one that they might eat at school right oh yeah. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of the children. Yeah. And do you think you'll have something else that you launch in addition to this that deals with that?
1: No. And if you no, do, please personal, include That's me. a personal mission. <laughs> a personal I, thing. That,
0: okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's a personal thing. You know that that you know, and that has to do with just a lot of things that. I could spend six hours two more hours, six hours talking to you about but well, that, if you never
0: need help. Nothing with to that, do with the lucky one T V Yeah, no. But I mean just personally in the background, if you ever think of anything for me to do with you in that regard, I'd I'd love to. Oh. Um. Oh. Yeah. Absolutely. Well that's and, that's one...
1: you know, that's where I would probably want to keep my opinions to myself.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, no problem. Only because I, I hear only you. because
1: a lot of people would be offended by <laughs> what I said yeah
0: well that's okay yeah, yeah. no, I completely yeah. get it um yeah. do you want to leave on a life lesson quote? I respect that completely so well,
1: a life lesson quote yes,
0: you have a favorite one? I don't know it says give us your favorite life lesson quote
1: <laughs> I don't know um i just i don't know uh i i mean my the only lesson i learned i mean the biggest lesson I learned in life is to value your family. It's just really mm. value, value your friends and family and and cherish them because you don't know when you're not going to have them around any longer. I mean, you just don't know. Sure. Just, yeah. So that's that to me. I just I value my friends and my family. And I think they're the most important thing. I think that's what glues our holds our society together. I know. Yeah. I think that's the glue that holds it together and um without it we'd just be at each other's throats. So um, yep. I want people to – I hope people go to the lucky ones. I hope people will submit their own videos. And, you know, when you look at it, maybe you or one of your sons want to do a video. I mean, the thing is, the younger kids know how to make these videos. I mean, they're just like, yeah, I can do, that. I do it with my iPhone. I'm like, okay, whatever. And it looks really great, and you're like, okay, I can't do that. But that's all right, you know. I don't need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but th- we'd, like, we'd like people to start – submitting their own work. I think, that's, um, I think that's important. You know, we go out and find people, but I think we want to get to the point where people go, hey, I want to celebrate so-and-so, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to put it up there. And okay. that's where we'd, where we'd ultimately like to get is so that people feel that comfortable and they know that this is a place where they can go. And, and then people can watch these stories. I mean, you know, they're not, the thing is, they're charming. Some of them are really charming, and some are just wonderfully touching and they're fun to watch because everyone has a different story. Everyone's got a different story because everyone had a different life. So it's entertaining. And we tried to find, you know, we, do, we want to, not only do we want to have a message, but we want people to be entertained. We want people to yeah. say, hey, that's nice. That uplifted me. That's a great story. It reminds me of so-and-so or reminds me of them or whatever. And it just kind of lifts up their day and lets them know that, yeah, there are well, good things out there in the world. Well,
0: we'll certainly put a note out on, in the Best Ever You community uh, for that as well and share all this information with our community and your website and well, so you. forth. And um, we're short on time now. We've actually gone mm-hmm. over, so we probably have to go. But um, it's Lucky Ones. Tell me the website one more time. Is, I, I, is it luckyones.tv? Did I get no, that wrong?
1: No, it's TV. Dot com, okay. Now, yeah, yeah, on the Lucky show
0: ones. side, They're I've going got to take visit- away.
1: TV is owned by a little country in the Pacific and eventually it's gonna l- you're gonna lose dot .TV. TV. So okay. So people, Lucky Ones .com. Yes, and then on social media it's Lucky Ones TV. Got so it. we made it kind okay. of simple.
0: Yeah. I just didn't have the website in front of me. I've got visit the lucky ones on the radio show, but the link is is hyperlinked to the link, so I can't see the website address. It just says Visit yeah. the Lucky Ones. We couldn't
1: we tried. I mean, someone owns the Lucky Ones, and they wanted like yeah. Lucky Ones dot com. They wanted a fortune. and We're like, forget it. We don't got that kind yeah. of money. Eventually, yeah. we'll have that kind of money, and we'll buy it from them. But, you know, but so we use Lucky Ones TV dot com.
0: Got it. Do you have a yeah, certain works. hashtag that you use out in the world that you want people to follow? Because they can just click on the hashtag and see all your posts. Is
1: Lucky ones. Lucky Ones TV. Yeah. Okay, perfect.
0: All right. well, it has been an honor and a pleasure having you, you on the radio show. Thank you for your time and your energy and and doing this. This is so important to the world, so thank you for doing
1: that.: Well, thank you. It's it would be a great time. yeah, really thank you. It. It was All fun right talking with you. You Yeah, next. really fun talking right. with you
0: and good, good luck to your kids. Good luck to you. Good luck to Matt. and um, everybody, that's Joseph. Alvaro, I've got his name right, <laughs> and um, go to luckyonestv.com where you can learn more about Joseph's uh, project. I, I, it's not really a project. It's an online social and video streaming platform. That's the word I was looking for, platform. Yeah. And, um, he's encouraging Watch you the video. to upload, your, upload videos, everybody. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much. Take All care. All right. You have a
1: good day. Thank you. Thank Bye, you.
0: Lisa. Bye. Um, thanks everybody for listening to the best ever you show. As you know, we don't do we have advertising that goes with the show, but this is all grassroots. All millions of these downloads here, all grassroots. It started when my littlest one went to kindergarten, and um, so we appreciate you. We appreciate you guys wrapping your arms around our guests and their platforms, their projects, their websites, their books, their movies, their, their music, whatever it is. Um, our community really embraces everyone here. So we've got another one to embrace, everybody. Um, Joseph Joseph Alvaro and the lucky ones. So check it out. And um, we'll see you here back again tomorrow night with the Maine Women's Conference. That's going to be a good show, good live show with the folks who are putting on the Maine Women's Conference. So take care, everybody. Thanks again, Joseph. And we'll talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You.
1: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Oh.